What's up, everyone, and welcome into Locked On Jayhawks. I am Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Well, we had what turned into essentially two blowouts this week, right? Kansas football made it a little better at the end, scoring two fourth-quarter touchdowns, but that game was well in hand of Oklahoma State throughout as the Pokes won it 31-13 on Saturday in Stillwater. And, of course, the blowout was in our favor on Friday night when KU disposed of the Monmouth Hawks 112-57. to We're going to, throughout this show, we're going to hear from... KU players. We're going to talk about the football game and what went wrong. And of course, we'll recap our Friday Five, perhaps our best week yet in the Friday Five. Recap action that went on in the Big 12 and Jayhawks in the NBA as well, as it was certainly another exciting weekend on that front for a lot of our guys who are playing at the next level. We're going to talk in detail and get into some of the numbers of this game. First, kind of want to talk about the ending. I know that Kansas Nation, Jayhawk Nation, was uh, kind of mixed in their feelings about this. I personally was was not very happy when Monmouth guard George Papa stole the ball at the end of the game. His team is down by 55 points. It's 110 to 55. Tristan Inaruna of KU is just dribbling the ball out because KU wants to show sportsmanship, and they don't feel they need to go score. Why? Because there's 10 seconds left and Kansas is up 110 to 55. This game was 19 to 2. Uh, you know, it's not like this game was ever really in question. KU is trying to show some sportsmanship and dribble out the clock. They don't need to try to get to 112 uh, when they're at 110, but apparently George Papas wasn't having it. I totally get the side where people say, you know, we'll play till the buzzer and you know, Coach Self is going to have his thoughts on that that we'll get to in a little bit. But my thinking was, really, is this necessary? You know, he steals the ball, he dunks it, and then he gets in Tristan and Aruna's face and obviously picks up the technical foul for exchanging some words. And you could kind of read his lips, which we can't say on air, but when he got teed up, he didn't necessarily care about that. Um, so Kansas, of course, sent Michael Jankovic to the line. He sunk both of his free throws, and the game ended on kind of a weird sour note, 112-57 to in favor of the Jayhawks. Uh, we'll, we'll take a look at some of the final numbers, but in talking about that first play, one of the classiest coaches in the country, I'm now convinced after hearing him talk on a couple different outlets on Friday, is King Rice of Monmouth. Here's King Rice opening, talking to the media after the game about that play. First, I just want to start off, and I, I'm, I'm a super, super, super competitive guy. Um, and we lost our cool a little bit here tonight at the end of the game. We're down by 100 points, and we get a dunk, and then we bark at the kid. That, that is uncalled for. That is not what our program represents. That is not what our program stands for. You get beat by a better team, you shake their hand, and you walk off the court, and you take in the experience. Truly a class act and a guy who was legitimately honored to be playing in Allen Fieldhouse, coaching in Allen Fieldhouse, is King Rice, Monmouth's head coach. That was him talking about George Papa's last play where he decided to steal the ball in a 55-point game and run down the court and dunk it. I guess he'll get to tell his kids someday that he dunked in Allen Fieldhouse, so there's that, but kind of a... A tough ending. Here's King Rice talking about what George Papas had to say to him after that play. 
obviously he he lost his mind on that last play. Uh, he feels all bad now, but you you just don't do that. You have to keep your cool. We we knew that this could be a tough night for us, okay? But we represent a lot a lot of proud people from Monmouth, um, and you just don't do that. And but he's young, you know. He'll bounce back from it. It will be a learning experience for him, and all of us. You know, you just. You win the right way, and when you lose as badly as we do, you still lose the right way. And everybody treated us so great since we've been in this state. So, And since we've been in this arena, you've been great to us. So our kids lost our mind for a few minutes. I, I'm so sorry that we did that. Um, we, we won't do that again. We'll learn from it and be better because of it. And we know there have been situations at Kansas where – guys have scored at the end of the game and it wasn't maybe necessary and we probably loved that and I was probably cheering for those so maybe I'm a hypocrite I don't know but in this case I just I, I just don't get it what are you doing what, what are you trying to prove right here if, you, if you're trying to say I'm playing to the whistle then all right that's fine but obviously that's not where George Pappas was going with this or else he wouldn't have gotten an inner in his face like like coach King Rice said you know, they're getting dominated. They need to lose with class, and that at least is how I felt that was going to be. I don't know where the extra emotion came for in a game that wasn't really emotion-filled. I mean, it was a blowout from the first tip, so who knows. But while King Rice was very apologetic, Bill Self talked to reporters, and he said he didn't have a problem with the play. That didn't bother me at all. Uh, uh, you know, King apologized about you – know, that, 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 that's okay. I mean, we, I, I'm actually glad it happened because – We've been on Tristan the whole time about being casual, and that's a prime example. What happens when you're casual? I told the team afterwards he may be on ESPN twice for two dunks, one on him and one he got. So, so, uh, uh, but no, that 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 didn't register. That was that didn't even register as a bad play uh, uh, in my book. So that no no big deal. That's Coach Self talking about that last dunk by George Papas, where he was able to get himself in the scorebook, write him down for a dunk in a 112-57 to 57 loss for Monmouth against the Jayhawks. So we'll kind of um, put a pin on that for a while and focus on the games. Some impressive numbers for Kansas. Isaiah Moss, uh, we'll hear from him next segment. He had a big-time game, 21 points in just 15 minutes. He had five threes. Uh, other double-figure scores for the Jayhawks, David McCormick and Devon Dotson were next in scoring at 17 minutes apiece, 12 uh, 17 points apiece, rather, 12 points apiece for Yudoka Azubuki and Silvio DeSosa. Christian Brown had 11 points, and Tristan Inaruna had 7 points in just 14 minutes. It was one of those games where KU, they were a big favorite, 26.5-point favorite. The hope was that the Jayhawks were going to be able to get a lot of different guys out there and play a lot of minutes with different guys, and that was certainly the case as you know we saw Chris Tehan with about 6 minutes to go in this game. EJ Elliott got some run. The aforementioned Jankovic was in as well. Michael actually ended up with five points. He had a three and then hit those two technical free throws as well for the freshman Michael Jankovic. So an up-and-down dominant performance for this Kansas basketball team. That's what we wanted, and that's what we want to see in general from this team. This is a team that's highly regarded. You should go out in teams that you should blow out. It's nice to see when that happens. There's not going to be very many on the schedule. The game tomorrow against East Tennessee State is not going to be one where there's going to be the expectation of a blowout. But this was a game against kind of a middling um, MAAC team. And, you know, you're at Allen Fieldhouse. Go out, play hard, and, uh, you know, punch them in the 
punch them in the throat early and make sure you you end it. And I thought Kansas played hard for the full 40 minutes. We'll hear more, as I said, from Isaiah Moss. We'll hear from David McCormick as well after the break. And, of course, we'll recap other action in the Big 12 and our Friday Five as well. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Well, hopefully you've stuck with me with the Friday Five this year. Got off to kind of a rough start, but becoming more respectable each week. My best week yet was this Saturday. I opted for five college football games. Three wins, one loss, one push. That push would have been a win if I would have just waited until the line moved. It was LSU against Mississippi, and LSU won that game in a high-scoring affair, 58 to 37. As I said, the line was mentioned or was moved to 21 and a half. I got it at 21 though, so that is the push for the week. In that game, Joe Burrow, 489 passing yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions. Burrow continuing to make a case for Heisman. LSU is 10 and 0 this season, ranked number one in the country. All right, the loss this week. Another SEC game, Auburn at home was hosting Georgia, and the Tigers were three-point underdogs. Georgia wins 21-14. to The Bulldogs were actually up in this one 21-0 before Auburn scored 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter and had a chance to come back completely. That did not happen, however, and Auburn ends up falling 21-17. to Jake Fromm for the Bulldogs throws three touchdowns despite throwing for just 110 Yards. DeAndre Swift ran for over 106 yards for the Bulldogs. So there's a win and a push, or a push and a loss, rather, and three wins. Sticking in the SEC, I liked Alabama big at Mississippi State, and despite the injury to Tua Tagovailoa that'll end his season, Auburn, Alabama does easily cover 38-7 to in Starkville over the now 4-6 and Mississippi State Bulldogs. Tied win it. Big. Tua Tagovailoa, before he suffered that dislocated hip, was 14 of 18, 256 yards, and two touchdowns. They cover the minus 18, does Alabama. To the Big 12, we went. Texas was plus 7 in Ames. I like that on the back of Sam Ellinger, who had a good game. He was 22 of 40, 273 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Iowa State got a game-winning field goal from Connor Asali as time expired to win it 23-21, to but Texas covers the plus-7. UT is now 6-4 and four on the year, as are the Cyclones. Jayhawks will be in Ames next week. That kick is at 11 a.m. And then how about this, the blockbuster of the week. I liked Baylor plus-10 against Oklahoma, and that was looking like an easy win. Still ended up not really having to sweat it out, as the Bears were up 28-3 to in this game, but then blew it. Baylor loses 34-31. They cover the plus 10 to give me the win in the Friday 5. But in the second half, the Bears' offense completely shut down. Oklahoma outscores them 24-0 in the second half. Jalen Hurts, 30-42, 297 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. He also carried the ball 27 times for 114 yards, did the Heisman hopeful Hurts, and OU wins it. In a huge comeback, 34-31. to Sooners now, without question, the Big 12's best chance at a college football playoff member. And that improves my Friday 5 record on the season. 10 wins, 14 losses, and 2 pushes. Hope to keep the good times rolling on Friday. Be sure, of course, to stay tuned for that. Going to mix in some college basketball 
this weekend as well. All right, let's take a look at the Big 12 action that took place this past weekend. We'll start on the gridiron. Of course, we know our Jayhawks fell to Oklahoma State 31-13. to TCU had a big lead early. They defeated Texas Tech 33-31, to holding on for that victory. I mentioned the Oklahoma and the Iowa State wins, and how about K-State? Two weeks removed, or three weeks rather, removed from their big win against Oklahoma. Two weeks removed from their win in Lawrence. K-State loses at home to a West Virginia team that was just 1-6 in the Big 12. West Virginia 24, K-State 20 in Manhattan. Perhaps that the upset of the week, certainly in the conference, but one of the bigger upsets in the nation as K-State now. Uh, you know, you're not thinking about Big 12 title anymore. You're not thinking about a BCS Bowl anymore. You're just thinking about getting to the best bowl possible. That is a crushing loss to a team they were favored to beat by 14 points. All right, we move to the basketball side of things to kind of recap what happened. Kansas basketball, of course, won on Friday night against Monmouth in that landslide blowout, 112-57. to a couple other games in action. Baylor basketball defeated Texas State 72-63. to That game was tied at halftime. For the Bears, Jared Butler led the way with 15 points. He did turn it over three times in 30 minutes, and Baylor not really finding their groove yet in terms of, uh, well, certainly in terms of covering the spread, but it seems like they're a little bit off, a little bit shaky so far in the early stages of this year, a team that was in the preseason top 20. All right, Texas survives over Prairie View, a team from the SWAC. The Longhorns win it 70-56. to Courtney Ramey has had a good year but did not have his best game. He went scoreless, 0 of 6 from the field. Matt Coleman led the way with 17 points. He had four assists in this one. Andrew Jones, one of the best stories in college basketball, he is back from his leukemia treatment, and he had 15 points in this game, getting up 15 shots. Andrew Jones, good to see him back and healthy playing for the Horns. There was a Sunday night basketball game as well. Oklahoma State held on to defeat Yale 64-57. to And for the Pokes, Lindy Waters led the way with 19 points. Yorane had 12 points and seven boards. All right, looking ahead to tonight's action, three games going on in the Big 12 for men's hoops. Oklahoma will host William and Mary, and West Virginia will host Northern Colorado. Both of those games are taking place at 6 p.m. tonight, and TCU battles Air Force that game at 8 o'clock in Fort Worth. That's your Friday Five and Big 12 recap. And we'll transition now back to the action that took place at Allen Fieldhouse on Friday, Kansas defeating Monmouth 112 to 57 kind of talked in the first segment about that end of game play where George Papa stole the ball from Tristan and Aruna and dunked it before getting teed up for saying a little bit too much at the end of that play and kind of heard reaction from King Rice and Bill Self now we're going to focus get away from that a little bit focus on the game some of the top performers and for Kansas arguably that top performer was newcomer Isaiah Moss in just 15 minutes Isaiah Moss had 21 points on 5 of 6 shooting, and he got off to a really hot start. He was asked about his hot start after the game, and if that's important to him. Seeing the ball going early, definitely uh, definitely good for my confidence. Uh, my teammates uh, got me the ball, so yeah. Isaiah actually hit each of his first four threes in this game, and as I said, in just 15 minutes, 21 
points. It's kind of crazy looking at some of these numbers. Uh, Yudoka Azubuki had 12 points in 23 minutes. DeSosa had 11 points in 23 minutes. Devon Dotson had 17. He played just 27. That's a good sight to see when you know, you're up by enough. You can take some of those guys off the court. So very efficient numbers. Perhaps no one was more efficient than David McCormick, who in just 16 minutes had 17 points and 11 rebounds. The first player in Division One this year to go 15 and 10 in 15 minutes or less, David McCormick. Of course, he's going to credit his teammate, Isaiah Moss. Here's David after the game talking about how Isaiah hitting helps this offense so much. Makes everything so much easier. I mean, when he shoots, people have to close out to him, and when they close out, spreads the floor. Gives us the pain and more space to work and do what we do. Certainly that was the case on Friday as KU got out to a huge lead. Moss's first three actually put Kansas up 19-2. to And as we know, the Jayhawks never looked back. We'll hear more from KU players and we'll hear from Bill Self uh, more on his thoughts on the game tomorrow's show. And, of course, we'll preview East Tennessee State, get coaches' thoughts on one of the top mid-majors in the country, or at least thought to be, in East Tennessee State. That's on tomorrow's show. Coming up after the break, we'll recap Jayhawks in the NBA. Another huge game for Devontae Grant, perhaps his best game yet. I'll tell you all about that. That took place this weekend. And then we'll talk Kansas football, a really unfortunate day on Saturday. They could not get anything going. The defense played all right, but KU fell to Oklahoma State and Stillwater. We'll talk about that as well after the break. This is Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up here this edition of Locked On Jayhawks, I am Sean Kellerman. Remember to shoot me a follow on Twitter at Sean Kellerman at LO underscore Jayhawks as well. Heard from Bill Self and King Rice regarding the uh, last second dunk from Monmouth's George Papas and the blowout Jayhawk win on Friday night and uh, talked a little bit about Big 12 action in our Friday 5 last segment. Heard from Isaiah Moss and David McCormick. Of course, we're going to have a lot more Kansas basketball coverage tomorrow on the show as the Jayhawks battle a very good East Tennessee State team, a team that was picked first in the conference that UNC Greensboro was picked second, the SOCON. So that'll be a battle because Greensboro, they had some guys, and Coach Self saying they'll be an NCAA tournament team. So East Tennessee State likely is going to be in that conversation as well. And, you know, they're going to be the, those 11, 12, 13 seeds that are going to be a problem for a lot of teams in the tournament. We're going to talk Kansas football first, give you a little update on Jayhawks in the NBA. A lot of action this weekend. It was highlighted by Devontae Graham. We'll talk about that, but first Friday's games, Devontae, 38 minutes. He had 18 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists in 38 minutes for the Hornets, his hometown team, as they defeated Svi Mikhailuk, Markeith Morris, and the Pistons, 109-106. to Svi, no stats at all really he had no points boards or assists in 12 minutes of playing Markeith played 18 minutes at eight boards and seven uh, eight points and seven boards in that game Joel Embiid and the 76ers fell in overtime in Oklahoma City to the Thunder 127 to 119 Embiid had 31 points 12 boards and two assists and Ben McLemore playing a lot more for the Rockets he helped his team to 111 to 102 win over the Pacers Ben in 33 minutes had 21 points and three rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had two games this weekend, but did not play in either because of 
death in the family. It was his grandmother who passed away. Certainly keep in Andrew in our thoughts and prayers as his family deals with that loss. And Timberwolves went 0-2 without Andrew Wiggins. They actually lost by 21 and by 20 in the two games without Wiggs, so I'm sure they're hoping he is back soon. Saturday's games, Devontae Graham again, 29 points. He hit nine threes in 36 minutes, and that included the game winner. When the Knicks were up on the Hornets by two points, Graham hit the three at the top of the key and gave his team the victory. Detay continuing to show out. He's one of the stories, not just here for Jayhawk Nation as we kind of look at the landscape of the NBA this season, but one of the stories in the NBA is how Devontae Graham has really come up and shined. And you just love it for him. This is a guy who spent a lot of time in the G League last year. A lot of people didn't think he would make it. And hopefully this is just the tip of the iceberg for Devontae and that he has a very long and successful NBA career. In that game, by the way, which the Hornets won, Marcus Morris went 14-6 and in 30 minutes for the losing Knicks team. Ben McLemore played as well on Saturday. 37 minutes for Ben, another 20-point effort. 20 points and four boards for Ben. Just one Jayhawk in action yesterday in the Sunday's games. Joel Embiid, 23 minutes, had 14 points, four boards, and two assists. And in terms of tonight's games, Devontae's back in action at 6.30 as the Hornets travel to Toronto. Marcus Morris and the Knicks host Cleveland at 6 o'clock. Ben McLemore and the Rockets are at home against Portland. That game is at 7. And Phoenix, they've got a couple of Jayhawks on that team. They host Boston at 8 o'clock. Minnesota does play tonight, but Andrew Wiggins is doubtful, not because of the family emergency. They're saying this time it's because of an illness. T-Wolves are at Utah at 8 o'clock tonight, but again, Wiggins unlikely to play. That's your NBA Jayhawks recap for the day. And now let's talk Kansas football. And going to keep it kind of brief because there was not much to say regarding uh, the Jayhawks on the gridiron on Saturday. They were down 24 to nothing to an Oklahoma State team that we knew was going to ride Chuba Hubbard. And they did just that. Chuba, in that first half alone, had 100 yards on just 17 carries and those two touchdowns. And Oklahoma State, like I said, led 24 to nothing at the break. Oklahoma State would get the first score in the second half as well. Their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, left this game. Both starting quarterbacks left this game for one reason or another. Spencer Sanders, his day ended in the third quarter when he was pulled for Drew Brown, apparent injury to Sanders, but Brown came in and led Oklahoma State to score. It was a, another hookup with Dylan Stoner, this time from 43 yards out down the far sideline. Stoner, another massive day for him. Five catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. Of course, this Oklahoma State team was playing without their star wideout, Tylen Wallace, who tore his ACL a couple weeks back, and he and C.D. Lamb are at the top of the, not only top of the ranks for the Big 12 in terms of best wide receivers but NFL talk as well for Wallace and Lamb unfortunately for Tylen and the Pokes he is out for the year with that torn ACL so hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Drew Brown remained quarterback for Oklahoma State the rest of the day and KU's defense did a pretty good job that was it 31-0 that was all the scoring Oklahoma State would do. Kansas would come back now interesting the Jayhawks had nothing at halftime and they really were not getting production offensively at all it had been about six quarters because you go back to the k-state game and there was nothing there pretty much the entirety with carter stanley as quarterback and then the first two quarters against oklahoma state there was a goose egg as well ku turned to manny miles to try to get some sort of a spark 
and there really was not much there, a majority of the third quarter for Manny Miles either, but maybe a rejuvenated and more motivated Carter Stanley as he came back and ended up throwing two touchdowns on KU's last two drives, so hopefully some momentum for this offense heading into Ames next week. First touchdown went to Stephon Robinson, his team leading seventh on the year. Robinson led KU receivers with six catches for 68 yards in that score. And then in garbage time, Stanley found Quan Hampton, Hampton's first touchdown of the season. Quan Hampton to Colvay Williams, Evan Fairs all got some run late in this one with this one well in hand. So really the score, it's not that big of a blowout, but this game was never in doubt. Oklahoma State controlled it. And there's a lot of storylines. Again, Puka Williams can't get loose, just not enough push from the offensive line. Puka, 12 carries for 26 yards is all he got. He had one catch as well, so just 13 touches for KU's top player. Carter Stanley, when all was said and done, he did get those two touchdowns. He was 22 of 37, 226 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Manny Miles also threw an interception. He was 4 of 8 for 25 yards and those few drives that he got. Thomas McVitie entered the game as a wide receiver on one trick play, and he threw an interception on that play, making a bad read as well. So all three KU quarterbacks had interceptions in this game, and that was really the difference. Both these teams entered with subpar turnover margins entering play. Oklahoma State, inexplicably, was minus four. You'd think that would be closer to a 3-6 and six record than a 6-3 and three record, but uh, they got three of those turnovers back against KU. So OSU now minus one on the year. KU entered minus five in terms of turnovers, and now they sit at minus eight as that turnover margin really was the big difference because you look at some of the other numbers. Uh, first downs, 24 to 18 in favor of Oklahoma State. KU is actually better on third down, six of 17 to Oklahoma State, four of 12. Um, three turnovers are the one that really jumps out at you, but you got to give credit to the Kansas defense. Of those three turnovers, Oklahoma State scored just three points off turnovers. OSU's kicker Matt Amendola, one of the top kickers in the league, missed three field goals. And KU's defense behind guys like Jay Deneen, who had a career-high two-and-a-half TFLs, and Kyle Mayberry, who had two TFLs, they really kept KU somewhat in this game in the first half. The frustrating part was turning it over to the offense. And how annoying has that been as KU fans? We've had games where it's been the offense contributing, but not so much the defense. And now this one... You know, that's that's where it's so tough when you've got miles to go, as they say. Just putting a full game together, all three phases, and we've had our issues in all three phases thus far. And uh, KU falls to 3-7 and seven with the loss, and 1-6 and six in Big 12 play. And it does not get easier the final two games of the year. Mention the Ames outing next week against Iowa State, a team who had that emotional win I brought up earlier. They defeated Texas by two at home. Iowa State is now bowl eligible at six and four, and they're going to look to improve their potential bowl location with any win. And then the last game is against the now one-loss Baylor Bears, who certainly are going to need to win the last two games to remain in the conversation and perhaps have a shot at the Big 12 title game and maybe even a rematch against Oklahoma. So it's not going to be easy for Kansas, but we're going to break down this game a little bit more later in the week. We're going to hear from Les Miles and some KU players as well. And then we're going to put this one behind us and focus on Iowa State as KU, uh, though likely has no chance at a bowl, you know, had to take a miracle at 5-7. and seven. You'd need a lot of things to go, your, go in your favor. Uh, the team's going to continue to fight for the coaches and the players, the seniors on this team with two games left. So we'll certainly talk Kansas football a little bit more during the week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We talked about the KU basketball win on Friday. 
against Monmouth. We recapped the Friday Five and the Big 12 slate as well, and those big-time performances by some of our Jayhawks playing in the NBA. Mentioned we'll have less miles in KU football sound as the week goes on, but tomorrow will be a lot of basketball talk as game day tomorrow, East Tennessee State in the Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock tip against our Jayhawks. And after that one, it's all about Maui. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, KU in the Maui Invitational, the opener against Chaminade on Monday at 8 o'clock. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Locked On Jayhawks, a product of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And rock chalk, Jayhawks.